everyone has those days where they just feel inconvenienced. Sometimes you just want your food to be done a bit quicker. Maybe that project you've been working on forever, you want that to be done way faster. Well, nothing, and I mean nothing, makes life just a bit easier than patience. Patience offers a state-of-the-art calming experience that allows for even the most difficult of situations to be dealt with easy breezy. Who doesn't like easy breezy? If you order one pack of patience today, you can get your second pack of patience free. It's that easy. Just use the promo code MYPOD. That's M-Y-P-O-D, MYPOD. Second pack of patience free. Why wouldn't you want more patience? Get yourself some patience. It's a virtue. I mean, come on. How can you not listen to the rest of a podcast when that's the beginning of the podcast? I don't know, personally. I think you have to listen to it now. Also, it doesn't help that I have a great guest, I think. Again, I'm always pretty biased about this stuff. But I think it's a pretty good guest. Uh, I don't know if you know Alex Rue. He works at Big Ten Network. friend of mine uh, went to college together. He comes and joins me on the podcast. We talk about a lot of fun stuff. And uh, I feel like I said it every single time, but it's always true. And uh, if you're interested, keep on listening. If not, I don't care. I'm fine. I'm strong. I can deal with it. But also, it would be nice if you could listen. So I hope you enjoy it. Here you go. I, you know, I've gotten feedback on these first couple podcasts, and uh, the recommendations have been to uh, make sure the guest introduces themselves. And so I just want to give you the chance real quick to, to introduce yourself. Sure thing. Uh, my name is Alex Rue. I am officially a digital media producer at Big Ten Network, 2016 Illinois grad and former Daily Illini teammate of Eli, or Elias is her <laughs> Yeah, no, Eli's, Eli's still fine too. Uh, it, it's been, uh, yeah, we, we both worked at the DI. You were there. You were a senior when I was a freshman, I believe. That's how it worked. Right, so if you just graduated in 2019, that would be correct. And so now you're uh, you're at Big Ten Network, though. How many years have you been there now? Uh, just over three years. So my okay. current position, I've been here just under three years, but I actually started in a freelance role in August 2016, late August 2016. So um, if you count that and the few months that I was not on the full-time payroll here, uh, it's been just over three years. It was a great kind of first opportunity for you to get. I mean, I know you, you started with the freelance work, but uh, it's a great position. I, I, we, I did a lot of stuff with them throughout um, college because they had programs. So throughout uh, college, I did that. But um, they've really done a good job of kind of growing themselves. And I feel like being that mark for uh, college sports, like network coverage, right? Because, I mean, you're seeing the ACC network now. You're seeing the SEC. You have the Pac-12. But I feel like Big Ten has really paved the way for a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, we have an advantage in that we've been around the longest as a college network. Uh, we're in our 12th year now, and you see networks like the ACC network just launching here in 2019. So definitely have that advantage built in. And it's interesting because when I was applying for jobs out of school and when I was maybe a senior in college, um, the Big Ten Network opportunity or idea of working here would, would be suggested to me. And I, I would think to myself – well, that's TV. I never really did TV coming up in school. I was more of a writer, so so why would I apply to work there? I didn't really realize the ecosystem of um, you know social networks that were out here and the opportunities that were out here and the opportunities that might be available to me coming out of school. So um, luckily, I was made aware of, of a job opportunity here um, kind of when things were getting – a little desperate for me it wasn't until like july or august of uh my graduation year so a couple months after i graduated that the application for um for the role I ended up in came across my desk and luckily um it worked out and, and like you said we've been able to um you know not just in the three years since i've been here because we have definitely evolved our our digital strategy during that time but um even before i got here the groundwork was laid for us to do some pretty cool and exciting things um, on our social platforms here at BTN, so it's been fun. Yeah, you. I, I think it's you guys have done a great job, and and it's been a lot of fun to watch. But you, you also do the Take Ten podcast there, which is that's something you only started about a year ago now, right? It was a couple of years back that I started, okay, it was. and it was one of those things um, that I noticed was kind of a vacuum here at BTN. Um, yeah. 
no, no full-time podcast had existed in the past few years podcasts obviously have, have blown up and and it's been kind of a boom um boom time for for podcasts and you know that means that i i wanted to kind of have a voice here at btn and kind of fill that space so just kind of like i did at illinois with the recruiting coverage which didn't really exist in a, in a steady form yeah until i started doing it in 2015 2016 um i noticed something that wasn't being done and i tried to take advantage of it and it was a good way for me you know especially early on here to have uh, a voice of the network and, and still kind of hold on to some of those media responsibilities that i i guess forfeited when you you work for the conference network it's not we're not a journalistic enterprise necessarily yeah um but this allowed me to you know still do interviews and still network with people and and still have kind of a passion project on the side so yeah a couple years ago um basically asked if i could start a podcast kind of had to figure it out from scratch i didn't do any um in-house radio when i was at illinois or anything uh in between that had to do with audio or anything like that so you know it's still to this day kind of a a garage band enterprise until we get get our until we get our digital studio up and running which which is in progress and under construction right now so that'll that'll boost our audio capabilities quite a bit but um yeah it was just something that i kind of took on and started reaching out using luckily btn allowed me to brand it as a btn yeah that always helps i was able to you know use that umbrella to lure in guests and uh it's been fun personally just to to meet a lot of people along the way and and give myself an excuse to to look I do want to ask you though, because uh, you have you've had some fun guests on your uh, Take Ten podcast, and you've also covered a lot of fun events. So I have two questions for you. And the, the first one though, uh, I want to know what your what your favorite event to cover was, because I know you've been to a couple final, I think a couple Final Four now, right? Because the last two had Big Ten teams, and yeah, a couple Final Fours. Yep. Um, and then other fun games and everything. But what what has been, if you had to pick an event wise, what's your favorite event that you've gotten to cover so far? I think I would pick the 2018 Final Four. That was when Michigan went to the Final Four, ended up losing to Villanova in the championship game, uh, beat Loyola in the semifinal. And I got to pick that event because it was my first Final Four to cover. Um, I went to one Final Four in 2005. Obviously, when Illinois went, I went as a fan, as, a, as an 11-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is my first one I went to. Um, to be like an adult of, person at, yeah. Yeah, of, of the media, one that I could you know comprehend and remember. Um, to the best of my capabilities and it was just cool because uh it was one of the first bigger events that i got to cover for the for btn outside of like the big 10 championship football game um it was in san antonio so it was my first time going to texas so it was a new city uh it was kind of the first time that we had tried something like that like covering a final four from a strictly digital element um i went down there with a producer who was also an editor and she was able to, to shoot and edit the video and I would kind of help create the content and, and share it and it was cool just to see kind of the uh the breadth of opportunity that that is at an event like that like it's so big and there's so many people packed into um a confined area that you're almost going to run into content no matter what um to give you an example aside from all the coaches and and basically the convention that, that descends on a final four city when pretty much every coach from every team goes in there because they have to network and, and all that good stuff. So opportunities were there to, to talk to big 10 coaches. I talked to Brad Underwood for about 10 minutes there and, and did pieces with uh, other coaches, but, but it's just a great example of kind of what finds you at an event like that. Um, yeah. I was, I was standing on the river walk in San Antonio with my producer and we had our BTN shirts on and, share a camera and um some guys came up to us that were michigan fans and they said hey btn you guys should do a story on this we were at the final four in 1989 when michigan won the national championship and we had the sh- we were the guys that had the shock the world sign so if oh, okay. <laughs> anyone's a michigan fan or, or anyone remembers that michigan team their whole slogan was shock the world yeah and when they ended up winning one of the players i can't or which player, but uh, when they cut the nets down, they held up the Shock the World sign, and that's kind of the iconic image. So these guys that were there were the guys that had Those were the original the player, guys that held the sign? Yeah, they'd, they'd given the player the Shock the World sign, and it wasn't... I could tell it wasn't the original sign, like they said it was, but it definitely wasn't. It was way too new looking. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, how are you, like, how do you trust these people? <laughs> but regardless, it was them, because they showed us pictures of them back in the day. Like, oh, it was definitely okay. the same people. 
and we basically had them do a little on-camera hit for us and say, you know, we're the guys from 1989 that shocked the world. And this was on the day of the national championship game. So we ran it as like a That's preview awesome. piece for that night's national championship game. So it's one of those things that, you know, you never go into an event expecting to stumble into something like that. But if you leave and, and don't have something like that happen, you're kind of surprised because that's just what happens at a big event like that. It's something cool. It's something that is unique. And, you know, it's something that if I was a TV producer, um, maybe we don't have time in our show to get that in right then. Or if I was, was writing for a newspaper at the time, you know, maybe it won't run until the next day. But because, you know, we have this unique space and digital media and, and we have a Twitter account, the BTN, and we have Instagram and Facebook, we get that out immediately to the fans. It's just kind of a cool memory to look back on. So that was just one example. I think the Final Four overall was a blast that year. Um, I went again this past year to, to Minneapolis for Michigan State. They lost to uh, Texas Tech in the semifinals, so I didn't end up staying through Monday. So that, that's why the... Um, 2018 one stands out in my mind. It's kind of a <laughs> yeah. cool eye-opening experience, you know. I like new I place, new you know new experience, and uh, always kind of cherish that. Machine. Yeah, I love the confidence by the uh, by the guys just come up to you and be like, "We were the guys that held the sign. We were." <laughs> right, it's funny when you wear you know branded things like as being on TV, like wearing yeah. an ATM polo. How much that will kind of perk people's eyes and ears up around you because they people just want to be on TV. You look right? important. Like, they'll seek yeah. you out. That's it, doesn't matter to, it doesn't matter that I don't decide what goes on TV. Like they don't have to know that. They'll just you could, yeah, you could. Regardless. Yeah, you could be. Uh, you, you could, you could literally have just gotten the uh, shirt at a uh, like a fundraiser event or something. Somebody exactly. would come up to. Um, yeah. The did you were you secretly? So I mean, I know you. I don't. I guess you don't really necessarily have to have an allegiance to Big Ten schools, but you come from them. Were you rooting for Michigan there, or were you like, I kind of like to see Loyola pull this off? No, I was, and, and it's interesting because. You know, I've always found it funny when journalists who I know, you know, maybe secretly are fans of the teams <laughs> they cover, or at least want to see them do well, and they try and act like they're not. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta own it. Well. Like, yeah, yeah, people, you know, I, I always kind of roll my eyes at that. And I understand why in, in media, like, obviously you have to be unbiased. At Big Ten Network, we don't have to be necessarily unbiased, like we want our teams to do well, but it's not like I could come into this job and, and blatantly openly root for Illinois because I went there because I grew up there like I, I have learned to appreciate every team and root for every team to do well you know in their own way like it, it's it's not something where I could ever let that affect my way I you know share content on social media I'm never gonna let the fact that I went to Illinois get in the fact get in the way of you saying something sharing, critical about Illinois yeah or sharing a in an Iowa clip or sharing an Indian arrival clip of Illinois. Like, obviously, you know, that professionalism has taken over basically on day one here. Um, however, I will say, when it comes to, like, rooting for a team like Michigan at the Final Four, getting to know these programs and getting to know the people behind the scenes and the players just across all the, you know, occurrences or, or opportunities to interview them or, or see them at media days or um, just get to know the stories behind the teams. It, it does humanize sure. every yeah. program and every team. Yeah, I bet it does. And, yeah, and like, you know, it, it takes you out of your tribalism from, you know, going to Illinois and saying, oh, you know, the, the Illini are, are my team and then everybody else is, is, you know, is dumb or, you know, that's a safety school or that's a, you know, that's our rival, so I'm, I'm not going to root for them. Like, it, it removes all that. And they're the teams that you and the fan bases that you cater to 24-7, 365. So it makes it very easy to get behind a Michigan team at the Final Four, even if I grew up rooting against Michigan. Like, one, it's the professionalism, but it's also the human side of, of getting to know the players and getting to know John Beeline. Well, yeah, and Beeline's an amazing and, coach. Exactly. And, and so... You know, the bias kind of washes away um, from what you've grown up with. And and then, you know, it turns into, one, a professional rooting interest. Like, these teams winning is, opens up more doors for me personally and opens up more opportunities for the network in general. So, like, from that point of view, obviously we want them to do well. But also, like I said, it's a human side. 
there's a human element there, and um, I really did want them to, to win it all that year, and I was I was a little bummed when Villanova beat them. I, yeah, I mean, I, I understand it. It would have been a, it would have been very cool for content purposes and also just a witness. I mean, you know, if you if you're working for VTN and they're able to pull that off, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, exactly. When you do the podcast, though, you've had on a lot of cool guests as well. What's the number one guest you feel like you've had on the podcast? Yeah, I've had a lot of really fun people to talk to. Like, it's, it's people I probably would never have met or at least developed a relationship with if not for the podcast. So that's like a, a reason I keep doing it. Um, I think there's two when, questions here. Who was like the mo- who were you most starstruck by? I guess to, to as a Big Ten fan or you know when you were growing up or whatever. Is there someone you were most starstruck by to interview? And then was there somebody that you were you just thought had the best interview? This was a lot of fun. Yeah, so I will. I'll uh, I'll start with I guess not really starstruck, but like the significance of sure. the guest was was cool to me. Um, Eric Gordon is a guy I had on before the last NBA season. Yeah, and it's just funny because like that's a, a it's a great example of kind of what I was just talking about. It's a guy you grew up conditioned to hate on <laughs> because you know he spurned Illinois when I was a kid growing up rooting for Illinois basketball. He goes to Indiana, and Illinois fans are very sensitive about his name yeah any, like, anyone that uh, anyone that chooses silver. not illinois they're sensitive about yeah and, and you know he had signed with illinois and then at the last second flipped to indiana and having him on was cool just because you know it's somebody you know, you're supposed to grow up hating and, and, and all that and <laughs> did you hate him, to him. oh no he's he a great guy and he agreed to come on it was the day before the 2018 uh, 19 season got underway so like he obviously had better things to do but he agreed to come on very nice and he had some audio problems just like we did before we started taping this. <laughs> yeah, we had plenty of our audio problems. Yeah, and he, he uh, stuck with me and, and allowed me to call him back a few times, and it was just nice to talk to. Um, and, you know, he's probably one of the bigger name guests I've had throughout the uh, throughout the podcast run. And it's just cool, you know, to have a, a guy in a significant NBA team on yeah. the show, a guy that has a, a kind of a notorious Big Ten story, but also was a great player in his one year in Indiana. Well, maybe now Eric Gordon will come on this podcast. So, yeah, Eric Gordon, if you're, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure, obviously, you are. This is the third episode. I'm sure you were listening since day one. You can hop on this one, too. There you go. And, and then to answer the other uh, part of your question, I think the best overall guest I've had, um, and my favorite guy to talk to is Joel Klatt. Um, Joel was the college football on uh, analyst for Fox. Yeah, so he yeah. does the, the games with Gus Johnson every week, and he's kind of Fox's main college football guy on social media and um, also just on air. Uh, he really knows his stuff. I think he walks up right to the line of like knowing how to maintain his credibility while also making noise in the space, if that makes sense. Like he does not yeah, go for sure. Full, like, he does not go full Stephen A. Smith or anything like that. <laughs> um, he's very knowledgeable, smart. Nice guy to talk to. I, I have him on every year at Big Ten Media Days, so he gives me uh, time of day, which is nice, and uh, always enjoy his work. So he, he's a great, consistent guest to have on, and uh, always admire his work. And uh, a couple other guys I'll just throw in, just to name drop that were cool. Uh, yeah, Matt I think Liner this is a good way. To, and, this is a good way to plug. Yeah, Matt Liner and Brady Quinn, which I've also had on at Big Ten Football Media Days. They, they swung through, and um, both were super nice, and, and actually started a. I guess this is probably the most memorable guest I've had on. Um, sort of a Twitter beef between Matt Liner and Brady Quinn. Because I had Quinn on. He said that the Bush-Push game was lucky when USC beat Notre Dame and, and Liner pushed uh, Reggie Bush into the end zone. And then Liner caught wind of it on Twitter, and they got into this whole Twitter beef. And that was all because of the uh, interview on the podcast. Nice. So See, you fun. start fights on the podcast, and how yeah. can that not be entertaining? Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think people should definitely go listen to it. I mean, if, especially if you are, uh, especially if you're Big Ten fans, but just in general, I mean, college football fans, college basketball fans, college sports fans. There's a lot of great guests, and uh, and I think you know, I think you do a good job at, at kind of leading the way with it. So it's always a it, it's it's a good listen, and I recommend people go tune into it because uh, it's worth a shot. It's worth just give it one episode. You have plenty of good options there that he just listed off. Let's let's move on. I always kind of do half and half here on this podcast, where we kind of talk industry stuff, background, whatever. Now I want to move on to like a couple games or fun stuff that I have on the agenda. And uh, the first thing I wanted to play, since you know we're working primarily with college athletics, I wanted to look at the Power Five conferences 
and I wanted to hand out some uh, the I wanted to hand out some conference awards, if if that makes sense. So kind of what that means is I want to look at each Power Five team, and I have a couple questions. Uh, you know, for example, what 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 conferences would be the most fun to go to? We're not going to pick a specific school. We're just going to look at the conference as a whole. So what conference would be the most fun? You know, which one offers probably the best living, uh, the best living situations? Which one might have the best parties? And I have a, a longer list of, uh, of, of questions to go through. And if you think of any fun questions that you want to try to – you want to throw a category out there that we could put a team or a conference into, we can go for it. But does that sound good? Does that make sense? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I want to start with – we're going to start easy. What conference do you think is the most fun conference? Most fun conference? Um, I'm definitely going to go with the homer pick here, the Big Ten. Um, I mean, I'm just looking – Right now, I'm in a room that kind of lists all the, the campuses, and one, you know, the variety is great. There's big cities, there's small towns, and the thing that kind of links them all together is they all know how to have fun, right? Like Madison, oh, for sure. I think, is, is, is the best college town in the country. There's no shortage of things to do there. You have your big cities like Minneapolis, St. Paul, and, and Washington, D.C., right next to College Park, and Columbus, Ohio. Um, and then you have, your, you know, your small towns that, know how to get after it because there's not that much else going on um, <laughs> illinois knows how to do that i would say uh... yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably in that that category yeah um, i'd say be ashamed so. of there and then you know there's, there's your quintessential college towns like ann arbor michigan is one um that that you know is just kind of has everything baked into it so just the variety and the um the different styles of college towns and, and the geography of it it spans you know half the country i think uh, yeah, I think that's actually an interesting point. I didn't think about it from a variety perspective, and you're right. If you're looking at the list here of all the schools, then the Big Ten probably... New Jersey and Nebraska is about as different as you can get, so... Yeah, and the campuses uh, do have a strong... Between the, the big city, like you mentioned, and then having... Because there are several, you know, bigger cities, and then you're also dealing with these smaller towns, and the vibes are all different. I mean, it's... it's no I didn't even think about it that way, so that's a good point. But, yeah, so I'll say Big Ten's most fun overall. I think that's, that's probably a good call. I feel like the only... I'm curious what the only uh, what the other one that would fall into the category would, or that would be close. And honestly, I feel like it might be Pac-12, like just because yeah, you're on the West them, Coast. I was saving them for another another one of your questions that you one of your prompts. So um, yeah, no, 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 that's that seems like the right thing. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's look at what do you think is the the best living situation? All right, I'm, I probably wouldn't enjoy this personally, but from the outside looking in, I'll say the SEC. Uh, really? Cause okay. Because of, of the warm weather, you know, um, that's honestly what people look for, right? I, I, could I think go so. Pack 12. I could go Pac-12, too. Um, yeah, part of me feels like kinda, just having UCLA, like the USC's, like Stanford, like Arizona, I feel yeah. like for me, that's why Pac-12 takes the cake. But also, yeah, these SEC schools, I mean, a lot of them are really nice, too. I mean, they have nice campuses. Yeah, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about the campuses that are, that are in the Pac-12, I mean... First of all, Oregon, people love yeah, true. Uh, the outdoors out there. Seattle is a great town to live in. You got USC and UCLA, like enough said. Cal Berkeley is beautiful. I love the Bay Area. Um, i trying to think of some other Pac-12 towns. You got but Oregon I mean, State. Tempe, I hear Oregon Tempe. State's amazing. I'm just kidding. I have no idea yeah, what Oregon Tempe, State's like. Uh, Tempe, Arizona is a nice area, right in the Phoenix area. Yeah. Arizona State. Tucson, I've never been, but I assume it's simpler to it's hot and it's Arizona, so I'm sure it's. Yeah, so you know what? I guess I'll go with the living situation. I'll change my pick from SEC to Pac-12 because there's some beautiful destinations. There's a lot of variety out there too. You got pretty much the Pacific Northwest all the way down to the desert. Yeah, so. I, SEC could be a sleeper pick though. That was I was it, it, that could be a sleeper pick. Uh, ACC I don't think is anywhere close, but uh, nah. yeah, I, I don't know what, how close ACC is going to be in any of these categories. Okay, um, next one is best parties. All right, so this is where my picks have flipped, right? So I was going to save Pac-12 for best parties just because of, like, Arizona State. Yeah, um, Arizona State, we know, it's supposed known, to be rowdy. Yeah, big big party school. I, I would probably throw yeah, maybe the, the LA schools in there, but I'm switching it to SEC just okay. because the college football aspect being baked into the, the equation here I think elevates it in the party rankings because – those Saturdays are such an event. It's such a big deal at places like LSU, you know, obviously at Alabama, 
at uh, I guess Mizzou, you know, is, is, is a good party school. It's, I've never been there and, and not crazy about that school, but that's what I've heard. That's a good time. Um, yeah, I feel like the type of parties have to be very different, too, because I feel like an SEC, yeah. you're getting these tailgates that are just insane, um, extreme. And then if you're Auburn getting... Auburn is another one. Yeah. That's big. Old Miss game day is, is wild there with their little, little grove scene going on. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think I feel confident in saying the SEC stacks up, but, you know, having gone to the Big Ten school and seen the scenes at a lot of these schools, Big Ten's up there, too. Pac-12, I assume... Like Arizona State kind of elevates it to a yeah, <laughs> Arizona State singularly, yeah. Yeah, respectable level. That should be its own conference. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, since we haven't chosen the SEC officially for anything, I'll put them into uh, the party category. But but I have to also um, you know, stand for the Big Ten. I think so, yeah, but I again, I think it's just it's it, it comes down to the type of parties because if you're looking at SEC, I'm sure it's these tailgates are wild. But then if you're looking at and then Pac-12, I mean, I'm sure it's just you're by the pool, all this stuff, whatever. But then when you look at the Big Ten, Big Ten knows that they don't want to get down because of the fact that they're in the middle of nowhere in a lot of places. So they got to find things yeah, to sure. do. I mean, the, the scene at, like, Iowa or Wisconsin on a game day is absurd. Um, yeah. It, it's it's just endless school colors and debauchery. So, you yeah. know, it's, it, it, there's no way that I think any of those are below some of the SEC schools. But just the... The fervor at SEC schools, the uh, almost religion scale of the festivities there, the religious aspect of it um, has to, I guess, count for something. So we'll give them some credit. The uh, Again, the ACC, I don't think it's going to – I don't know what category the ACC is going to fall into. Um, what do we think is the I, – I, I feel like before – I'm just going to throw this out there. Is the Big, Big Ten probably the nicest conference because it's mostly Midwest? I feel like they're going to be the nicest people, right? think so right i mean maybe the big 12 is in there too um yeah sure some, some unassuming schools in there you know like iowa state um yeah they're probably nice kansas, folks kansas, kansas probably state, yeah um, but yeah i mean there isn't a nicer fan base out there than nebraska like they just are yeah they're really nice it's nice it's kind of creepy like, yeah. yeah it's 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 they're like the, i've always said they're kind of like the canada of the big 10 um, <laughs> that's a good way to put it the fans are very polite and, uh, yeah, you, just, you know, the whole Midwestern nice thing is uh, boosted with especially Minnesota being there. You know, Minnesota's also got some uh, Canadian wrinkles in it. Like, their their population and fans in general are also pretty polite. So I think just by those two schools being in it definitely boosts it. And um, I don't know, you, you could always say this, some of the southern schools, like with the southern hospitality, you never know how genuine that actually is, but... Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't tried for myself, but I'm not sure. I think, I think the Big Ten, um, you know, should should be pretty high up, and as far as the politeness rankings go. Uh, okay. What about most attractive? Where are you gonna get the sexiest looking people? <laughs> uh, it, it's gotta be either the Pac-12 or the SEC, right? I mean, I think so, hundred percent. Yeah. Could throw, all right. So we haven't really talked about the ACC much, but they do have. Miami and Atlanta going for them. Like, I'm just thinking warm weather here. Like, the people are tan. I also feel like good people, good-looking people go to Clemson, and it's a small sample size. Like, people yeah. don't realize Clemson's a lot smaller than people think, and they pro- I think they have probably good-looking people there. Yeah, you know, I feel like models are in Miami and, and Atlanta. Um, so, you know, you got your Georgia Tech and Miami going there. Clemson we can throw in there as well. Uh, North Carolina and Duke, I've heard some of my friends just moved out to uh, Charlotte area. And so I've heard good things about uh, the scene out there in uh, the <laughs> Tobacco Triangle or whatever it's called. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we'll let the ACC have this one. I wonder what the most – yeah, I feel like that might be a good call. I mean, you know, I feel like the easy pick is the Pac-12. But then uh, – but, yeah, we've given them so much. And the ACC, they have some – I feel like they have sleeper teams in there, you know? I feel like, yeah. who knows, Louisville could be a very attractive school. They have Florida State that goes in, that sneaks in there. South, South Carolina, yeah. Yeah, they got South they got Carolina. candidates. NC State, who knows? Maybe they're attractive. I have no idea. Right. Uh, okay, so that's a good one. Uh, ACC finally gets one. I don't think Big Twelve has anything yet. We kind of we snuck them into a category, but I don't think they have anything yet. Um, what? Okay. Well, what do you think? Who would be have the rudest people? Then we had nicest, but who's who's going to be the rudest conference? The meanest conference? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, the ACC has has Boston College, right? I mean, that just does that just takes the cake, right, for yeah. everybody. <laughs> I think with the whole New England yeah. factor. 
um, playing in there. I guess you could say the Big East as well because they have uh, Villanova, right, which is in Philly. Yeah. A lot of rude people in Philly. I feel like um, in general it's just good. Jay yeah. Wright is, seems so nice. Like I, He, he kind of elevates the profile. Yeah, Jay Wright brings, it, brings down their street cred a little bit. Yeah, anything on the East Coast, I mean – not that they mean to be rude, but you know, people in New York, people in Boston, people in Philly, always a little more gruff than uh, their Midwest. Also, I mean, they have they have laid back West Coast counterparts. They have Pittsburgh, so I mean, I feel like those people in Pittsburgh yeah. are not gonna be uh, not gonna be the friendliest. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a good call. Um, most stylish. What do you, who do you? This is gonna be different. The best looking. Who do you think's gonna oh. have the best style? Um, I'd probably have to say. SEC just because they kind of dress up for game day. Like I don't know. Oh, if that's a good point. Yeah. Really vibe with, but they really do get gussied up for for game day. Like they don't necessarily wear jerseys. They wear their Oxford polo. And I would hate to wear that to a game. Slacks and you know and Sperry's and all that. So like they might be the most officially nicely dressed. West Coast probably looks a little bougie at some of the places. You know in LA, I'm sure they look good. Um, Miami as well. But then. Uh, one thing that's underrated, and when people complain about winter, it's one thing that um, that I'm appreciative of. Like, oh, I me too. The, I think the winter wardrobe looks pretty cool. If you did you see my tweet yesterday? Are you graphic. referencing my tweet? No. What, what did it say? <laughs> I, I le- yeah, I legit tweet. I'm going to pull it up right now so I can read it word for word. Yeah, you may have liked it. I can check. I, I tweeted out, uh, unpopular opinion, I can't wait for the fall winter weather to hit. Not only do I love this time of year, but my style game goes up yeah, se- see, several I points. Yeah, that tweet, didn't I? Yeah, probably. I could check with uh, when sweater weather hits. Because my it's legit. I have horrible summer clothing. Like, And I don't like buying shorts and like summer clothing. I don't like uh, necessarily short sleeve shirts. Uh, let me look at this. I think you did. Yeah, you liked it. So that's yeah. this is where this really comes from. <laughs> but, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I, I won't say I have horrible summer clothing, but... Um, I'm sick of wearing, like, we're, it's almost October now, and it's been in the 70s and 80s here for months. Like, it won't cool down in Chicago. And I've been wearing the same, like, golf polos, the same rotation for the last... Maybe that's what it's at. When I say months. I don't have nice ones, I just wear the same rotation. But yeah, the variety is the variety is lacking. The um, amount of yeah, sweaters I, 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 I own like, is uncomfortable. Yeah, I own so I many feel, sweaters. I feel like, uh, you know, athleisure is really in right now, and, like, kind of the crew neck sweaters are really in right now, and I can't show them off unless it's cold out. So... That's an advantage we have up here, up north with our winters, is, is we can, you know, get that whole kind of genre and, and style going with sweaters, um, get the pea coats going. Like that, that's something that they don't know anything about down south. So. And when you can throw in different different colored you know, jeans. Turtleneck game. Like I, uh, I got my my first fancy turtleneck last winter. Oh. Gonna break that out again. Uh, coming up here this winter, you can get your, you know, your blazers. Everything. Everything is. There's just more options in, in winter time, and, and um, you know, for, for style, I think that's a underrated aspect of living up north. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a big I'm a big I've been getting into the sweater or not the sweater, but the, like the cardigan kind of fad, like See, more. I'm not there. I don't think I can pull it off, but you do you. I'm not. Yeah, no. It's it, when I say cardigan, cardigan, I've had to give some good examples. It's more of just the uh, you know the open the open sweater. And uh, and you got you got yeah. some good variety there. So I know what you're talking about. I just I, I don't think I can pull it off. So okay. I'll leave that to. I'm gonna tell to, you. Uh, I think you could. Like you. But I'll let you. I'll let you, <laughs> you be you. <laughs> um, all right, that was a good conversation though. And, and and you and actually I you brought up a good point with the SEC having the most style because they do get dressed up for games and I and I think it's horrible because I would never want to get in a uh, in a button up shirt for a football game. Uh, Me either. Okay, let's go with. Uh, that might have been actually. Where, where is, are those all the ones that I had? Did I? Yeah, we went over most attractive. So that might have been all the main categories I have. Can you think? Do, do you have any at the top of your head? Maybe. Do you have any like Big Twelve could fall into? Because I feel like we haven't really well represented the Big Twelve. Big Twelve. Um, they win the award for the conference that doesn't have a conference network. How about that? Okay, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty solid. I don't. Think, yeah, there's not. I mean, when you're sitting in there and you have West Virginia and you know. Kansas State. It's it's hard. It's gonna be hard to throw you into a category. Baylor brings you down several notches just because of their past. Like most, most gritty. I don't know. Some of those schools are pretty gritty. Yeah. They're, um, they're, what about uh, just? I mean, if you're looking at it from a football perspective, they uh, they're all offense all the time and do nothing else. So yeah, no no defense award. Um, <laughs> yeah, no defense award. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to put them in a box because they have some mega schools like Texas, Oklahoma's kind of in that stratosphere. 
uh, Kansas in basketball. It's just, you know, it's it's hard to box them in and categorize them because they are spread out pretty far, and um, you know, not, they're not a coastal conference at all. Like at least the other schools are. All I mean, they're even more degree. like Midwest. In... They could be. They win the landlocked award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. They're even more not Midwest, but more landlocked than anybody else. And uh, and they're I think closest. They're the most. No, I mean Texas. You're by some some bigger stuff, but I feel like there's just not a lot of not a lot of. Colorado's fun. pretty cool. Boulder, Boulder's awesome. Yeah. So they got they got that going for like variety. They got mountains up there, so. Yeah, that's, that's at least nice. But yeah, the landlocked thing I think holds. I, I can't think of any Texas schools that are by large bodies of water. Austin's kind of on a river, but. Yeah. Well, also, I, again, I think if you have if you have West Virginia in your conference, that just brings it down a little bit. I have uh, I have no like vendetta against West Virginia. I just it's the state of West Virginia. I can't I can't imagine that there's a lot going on there. Uh, all right, so that, that's that's all of our categories. There we go. Everyone got something. Big Twelve. There you go. You got your landlocked award. Uh, I'm sure the you know whoever whoever was sexiest is gonna feel good about themselves. And uh, and there you go. I think that's a good thing to do. But it, let's leave it on this note. You can. What's your overall ranking? Like think about all the conferences and. You could include sports in it, obviously, if you want. But what do you think? If you had to list the five conferences, uh, what's your ranking of the top five conferences? Oh, come on, I gotta go big to number one. Uh, like I said earlier, just the variety, the diversity, the history—you name it—all of all the campuses combined is awesome. I mean, we go from New Jersey in the east down to DC, all the way to Nebraska in the west. So um, we're spread out. We've got all kinds of different people, all kinds of different student bodies. And the only thing we're really lacking lately, which I think will turn here soon, is national titles in football and basketball. Uh, I, I do think it's, it's pretty much a fluke that the Big Ten hasn't won a couple since 2000. Um, football has the one from Ohio State most recently in 2014. Um, but, you know, the Big Ten's always in the conversation. Um, they are going to have at least a few elite teams in football and basketball. They crush it in in certain Olympic sports like volleyball or lacrosse or wrestling. And, you know, just from top to bottom, I think Big Ten's best. They have have the best college towns. They have the deepest selection of college towns. Like, when we rank them um, kind of in the office here, it's it's always tough to to put towns near the bottom because I think the ones near the bottom would be near the top of any other conferences list. Probably, Um, yeah. I truly believe that. So I think Big Ten's number one. Um, I'm going to go... I guess ACC number two. They're really good at basketball. Uh, they got a really good thing going with Clemson in football, and, and that's boosting their national title um, resume. Uh, I guess I'll go SEC number three, just because you got to respect how powerful they are. Yeah. Um, they've got a great media rights deal with ESPN. And, <laughs> and they just, they, the exposure is just, you know, it's off the charts with them. Um, they you know, because of that exposure and because of the success they've had in football, they're always going to be a college football titan as a conference, and they'll have teams in the conversation probably every year for the playoff. Um, and they've actually picked up in basketball lately. They've been in the conversation. You know, Kentucky is always good. Yeah, I mean, Florida, Auburn, my school floor has always been good at everything. Yeah, I love, I'm Florida, a big Florida fan. Auburn, I love it. Auburn stepped up lately. Um, I want to rank the Pac-12 higher, but you know, just because they've thrown no, so hard. you don't deserve it. The Pac-12 is not a good conference. The we can't pretend like it is. The cities are cool. I think having the tournament in Vegas is awesome. It's a great move. Um, but just some other aspects have, have led to, you know, some struggles in that, that conference um, on the field and, and beyond. So I guess they'll be after the SEC, SEC. And then, I don't know, I hate to do it to the Big 12. There's nothing against them. Um, not having a network, just from my perspective, hurts because it, it's, it's a huge asset to have. That way you're not... Yeah. selling your rights and sticking your team on weird streaming platforms that people can't get. Uh, it's, you know, the towns aren't as exciting as, as some of the other places we've listed. Austin is an awesome city, um, awesome college town. Boulder, as we mentioned, is great. Uh, and then, you know, it's hard It's hard for me. I haven't been to a lot of the other towns, so I can't really speak to where the other ones stack up. But Yeah, the only thing uh, I'd say... I, I, think, I think Big 12, by nature of not having a network... And not being kind of along the coasts or in major media markets hurts them in my personal conference yeah. rankings. No, that's fair. I, I, I think, and honestly, I think I'd agree with you. I've, I always would put Pac-12 last, but I think in this case, I, when I really think about it, I mean, the Big 12 is just kind of boring, other than, you know, having Oklahoma and Texas. Like, 
you know, and obviously they have their they have uh, some decent basketball going on, but the, the landlocked thing, man, that we've talked about, that hurts them. So I, I think I'd probably go same as you. I would do I, I would go Big Ten for the variety. Then I would go, but then I would go SEC. You had ACC second, so I would go SEC second, then ACC, Pac-12, Big 12. So there you go. Fair enough. Yeah, it's solid. I, I think I just think the SEC is probably would be extremely fun to go to. I think about it, what schools would be fun to go to, and I think the SEC, like who has the most fun schools to go to, and I think Big 12 or Big Ten just because I went there. I'm biased, obviously, whatever. But then SEC seems like I would have a ton. It's hard to argue with that. I've heard great things from people who did go to some of those schools. Yeah. Uh, all right. Awesome. So now uh, I got two two things left on this agenda that I want to go over, and uh, this is this is a game that I usually play, and we we're, we'll do a short version of this since our, we we played this other game of this uh, ranking these conference. But uh, I play a game on every podcast called What Would It Cost. Uh, this is basically just a game where where I'm gonna throw out some uh, some things to you, and you have to tell me how much you would pay. For these things to happen, right? Or no, no, no. Right. well, if, two things. It might be that. It might be you either are going to tell me how much you would pay to have this happen, or how much someone would have to pay you for you to do this. Yeah, makes sense. Sounds good. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, let's let's go with the first thing here. Uh, how much would you pay to see Illinois win a national championship in basketball or football? I would pay. I gotta be careful here. I don't. I don't think I'd be getting in trouble by saying this, but I would pay ten thousand dollars to okay. see Illinois <laughs> win a national championship in football or basketball. What would you uh, prefer if you had to pick one? Um, I mean, football is so exciting, but it just seems like such a a, a bigger leap than the basketball program doing it, just because you know the basketball's been at, at the doorstep of a national title. They've they've almost pulled it off. Football is just such a different ball game with the barrier to entry, right? Like, it's hard for even an Ohio State or a Michigan to win the national title. Like, it just doesn't happen that often just because it's so top-heavy in college football with, with your, your Alabamas and now your Clemsons winning it all. But, like, it's much more of a crapshoot in, in basketball, and we've seen it where Illinois has, has been close in multiple years. So it, for, for the unique nature of it, I maybe would pick football, but Illinois is such a basketball school that I think it's only right yeah. that they win a national championship in basketball. So I think just, you know, it's kind of a, a avenge 1989 and <laughs> 2005. I, I think I would have to pick basketball. All right. Uh, I just sent that audio clip to uh, all your bosses, so we'll see what that's like. <laughs> um, okay, so now, and I'm going to kind of theme these around these uh, different conferences. If you, in college, uh, college in general, uh, how much would it cost for you to have to go live in the middle of Kansas? So I know, I mean, you come from Champaign, which is a small, you know, it's a smaller town, but still it's yeah, rather it's, bumping. You know, it's, it's not all that different college town wise. And I'm sure a Lawrence, Kansas would be, but, but the difference is the proximity to Chicago. Yeah. But in this case, I'm not even be... saying you're going to a college town. I'm just saying you're going to the middle of Kansas. Like, have you, have you seen like last chance you? Yep. Yeah, you're going to like East. Yeah, you're going to like Independence, and like you're okay. living. In, but you're even living outside that. You're living in the middle, like middle of nowhere. It's gonna take you at least like twenty minutes to go to the grocery store. How much would someone have to pay me? Yeah. And are we talking about for a year or for an indefinite amount of time? Uh, I mean, this is a negotiation we can have if you want it to be. Uh, you know, I I would start with indefinite, but if you can give us some money and you're like for this much, I live there this long. Okay. Somebody have to probably pay me for maybe let's say three years they'd probably have to pay me three hundred thousand dollars a year to live in independence kansas or like the middle of kansas i don't even name a town because i don't want to disparage anyone you would be killing it in the in the middle of kansas exactly i'd be living like a king but like that's the thing about living in chicago and you know champagne before that which had you know some of the amenities of a of a bigger city while being a you know medium-sized college town i've gotten way too used to the modern perks of living in a city. Um, mm-hmm. I like being kind of in the middle of everything. I like being able to go to the airport in less than an hour. I like just the modern conveniences and comforts uh, of a larger city and, and being around, you know, people that I've uh, been close with for a while and I'm friends with and to leave all that behind to, to go, you know, to a small town um, in the middle of nowhere, it would, it would have to be a hefty, financial windfall for uh, a limited <laughs> amount of time to, to convince me to do that so uh i don't think you'll see me 
working for a minor league baseball team in the middle of Kansas anytime soon. Okay, unless, fair. Uh, yeah, unless, that's times fair. Get, unless times get tough here. Unless times get rough and you can uh, somehow find your way onto the coaching staff. I get it. Uh, right. All right. What What about if you were to uh, have to go to college for the rest of your life? And think the about this. Of, and this sounds fun, but think about this. And this the is rest of my life. and this is someone paying you to do it. This sounds fun in theory, but when you think about it, you're eventually going to be like 57 years old, and you're going to have to be like in college, going. You know, like these young kids are going to the bars. Like you're stuck there in college with these young kids. You're living on campus. You're doing college. Right. If it was like college, college, like what we did, um, I don't think any amount of money would would have me do that forever. Like I, would, I would maybe go back for a year or two just to just to relive the glory days. But um, you know, there, I feel like there's a lot of advanced educational opportunities on college campuses that you could you could dabble in for um, a handful of years at least as, a, as an adult and really not stick out and not get tired. Of yeah, you're, you're thinking about this very realistically. I like yeah, this. Yeah, if you're learning something and, and if you're continuing to kind of um, increase, you know, your your professional portfolio, I guess you could say, and and continuing to um, scratch that itch, I guess, if you still want to still want to learn and stack some degrees, then it wouldn't be the worst thing. I mean, I, w- I would do that for maybe the cost of tuition at a place like Illinois per year if they're paying me to go. Okay. Um, or a Big Ten school, like that's I, people do it now. Like they will do fellowships on college campuses. I know you know writers will go back to. Yeah. college for a year and do a fellowship so like I, I don't think that's out of the question but for the rest of my life i don't think any amount of money would would uh sway me to do that that's a, that's a long time maybe like for 10 years i could be convinced but okay um, <laughs> you know for for indefinitely i don't i don't think that's something that i would take any amount of money to do unless we're talking like astronomical sums here all right well we'll end it there i think that's that's a quick one that's good usually we'll go on longer but we, we did our awards so that's that that's fine I always like doing that. Just get a, get an idea for for uh, the type of person you are. Yeah, keep it loose. <laughs> uh, okay, we share a. Uh, I think we share a. We share some love for Seinfeld. And... I'm a Seinfeld fan. I, I can't say I've seen every episode, but I you know I've seen enough that I I get the shtick. I, I'm familiar with the characters. Yeah. I'm a big Kirby Enthusiasm fan as well, so I get the humor. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely a Seinfeld fan. I always uh, either send my friends, like, uh, scripts, like, texting-wise, that I think a current situation would be said in Seinfeld, like, yep. in, in a Seinfeld version. If you had to pick a couple real-life situations that uh, you would uh, you would like to be turned in today into a Seinfeld episode, what would they be? Okay. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about, because I think there's, like, whole Reddit threads. I'm not even Probably. a Reddit guy, but I've, I've seen things like this... Um... Yeah, I just do it all the time for fun with my friends, but there probably is Reddit threads and everything about it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to think. And it's kind of like what Kirby Enthusiasm has turned into, right? Yeah. Um, it, you know, they've kind of been able to take some of the modern concepts into what Seinfeld would probably have eventually evolved into. Uh, I do this all the time with my friends. I'm like, this would totally be a Seinfeld episode. Nothing's really jumping out to me right now, but I feel like there's something with uh, Uber or Lyft in there that would happen, like... Kramer becomes a driver and <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Something goes wrong with with the app, and George somehow you know gets in a fight, or or Jerry you know calls an Uber for one of the girls he's dating, and and something goes and it's wrong. Cra- that's exactly what I was thinking just now as yeah, you say it. Kramer's the driver, was... and right. he uh, yeah, picks like... George up, and he picks Jerry up, and uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good idea. All kinds of ways it could it could go wrong. Anything with smartphones really is something we were we were deprived of during uh, Seinfeld's run that I think they could could turn into um, something decent. Maybe like maybe the rise of Hamilton. I feel like that would be. Oh wow, that's a good you one. Know, if they if they go see Hamilton and something happens like. Or they go see Hamilton George, and just Jerry doesn't George, like Hamilton. Yeah, one of them doesn't like it, or or you know, I'm just not a fan. Wasn't a fan. Didn't like it, you know. Uh, or yeah. you know, George keeps standing up, has to go to the bathroom or something. Or you know, there's there's a lot of different ways you could go. Um, some of the more modern cultural uh, occurrences that, that I would like to see. A, I'd like to see a like a, a a dating app one. You know, definitely. I yeah, think that, like that you have a lane go on a dating app or something. Kramer's also on the dating app. He keeps swinging in all the girls. She's not getting any guys. Jerry be super picky or something, you know. I don't like her eyebrows or something like that. It yeah. just needs something ridiculous that he finds wrong. 
Yeah, was, that's uh, a good point. The girls in half. And then so. he'd like have some joke about how, in the beginning about how instead of swiping right or left, why can't you swipe up or like middle? He'd be like, <laughs> right. like a maybe, you know. There's gotta be an up. There's <laughs> gotta be an up. I just don't see why. Yeah, there's there's uh there's a lot of different ways you can go with with modern Seinfeld. They need to bring it back. They kind of did with uh with Curb. Well, they did for Curb, yeah. But I I just I, yeah I don't know I don't know I doubt I mean they would never bring it back. But I think there's just yeah there's so many topics today that would be. Well, did you see the Curb? episodes where they did the i reunion. did yeah okay so yeah so there, there was that that's about as close as they had like a blackberry i think they did this thing with a blackberry at the time like uh, yeah. they did things with cell phones but yeah i would i would want to see i would definitely want to see dating apps uh taken into consideration here i think uber is a really funny idea that would definitely be an episode uh and then the hamilton that's a great call too i think uh i could also see if we're just going on the app train like a doordash thing there would definitely be a doordash episode or something where they're for or sure, yeah. The delivery man. Yeah, for sure. Any app, um, you know, maybe it's like the soup Nazi comes in. Um, is is the DoorDash that Jerry orders and oh yeah, that works its way back into the that whole joke kind of resurfaces. I can see that. I can see that too. Those are great apps. I think so. I think basically, you and I should just start uh just start writing these up, and then uh we'll send them over to uh. We'll, we'll send him over to somebody. We'll send him over to Larry, Seinfeld. To Larry David. I actually have a relative that worked for Larry. Um, really? On some show. Yeah, I, I, she's like, it's like a distant relative, but um, she knows So what Larry. you're saying is we have, so an, we, we have an in. I, we do have an in, so maybe <laughs> maybe this is uh, this thing has legs. This, yeah, I could totally see that. I mean, those are three great ideas right there. And exactly. I'm, I'm sure they've heard, you know, a dating app one before or an Uber one before. But if we, if we tune it the right way. This thing, the this could be taken off real quick, and uh, and that, yeah, and then we can uh, we can quit. I don't know how much they'd have to pay me for that, but it wouldn't be much. I would I would I would do that. <laughs> Same. <laughs> my side hustle. Yeah, that's my side gig. Um, awesome. All right, that's all I. Ha- I mean, that's all I have to, to talk about. I you know it's uh it's a, a pretty chill, but that's it. That's all I got, and. Uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to, to do this. I know we, we had some audio trouble at the beginning. You stuck with it just like Eric Gordon did. And uh, yeah, if Eric Gordon, if Eric Gordon can stick around for me, I can put my head down and grind through some audio issues for your podcast. And uh, <laughs> I'm happy to do it. Appreciate you uh, asking me and having me on. Yeah, no problem. It's uh, and, and anybody that's uh, that listened this far in, definitely go listen to the Take Ten podcast and uh, and just go follow us, uh, follow Alex on Twitter. Because why not? Sure, give me some of your Bleacher Nation audience. Uh, yeah, you can take some of them. Yeah, I'm so hey, you still over. have more followers than me. I'm still getting, I'm still getting up there. You're still doing fine for yourself. All right, well, uh, once you, you know, once you pass me up, sure won't be long with that that Bleacher Nation following. Well, Those rabid fans, and maybe if the Bulls can get good, um, it'll be sooner rather than later. Ugh, if the Bulls get good, that's that's all I need in my life right now. Because I mean, that would if if they're bad, I'm gonna have so many people just like probably be mad at me for no reason, and I don't want that. <laughs> Oh, I'm not banking on anything. I took the job. I know what I got myself with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, awesome. I that that's that's gonna wrap this up.